to Navigating Change, the podcast from Tybal Inc. I'm Pete Wright. That there is Howard Tybal. And usually I say my name, but I know, Pete, I it's up. great to see you. I screwed up. It's been, no, you no. never screw up. It's, always, gonna... it's always the clients, it's always the consultant's fault. Did I say client's fault? <laughs> what, a, what, a, what a segue. <laughs> we are, we're going to be talking about some, uh, I think, some good stuff today. We've, you know, we've been coming off of a, uh, a, a string of wonderful interviews and opportunities to, to meet with leaders in higher education over the last couple of months who are really taking on some incredibly audacious, audacious projects. Would you agree? Yeah, and I think higher ed is in such a, incredibly exciting time uh, if you're willing to, t- you know, wear it that way and, and put that hat on. This is exciting versus scary. <laughs> so, yeah, truly. I mean, I'll tell you, I, I, I mentioned this to a group and I, and I said, listen, this is really exciting. And I could see other people in the room going, I don't feel that way. That's right. As they shrink two inches, right? I mean, there's exactly. this sense that there's this, there's this sort of overriding sense of terror. I was just in this conversation with a, a, a dear friend of mine who works at a, at a major global education marketing concern, right? They are consultants to higher education and help them market and, and develop students. And, and uh, this friend of mine had been offered a position as VP of marketing at a higher ed institution, one of her clients. And, and uh, you know, she called me. She said, what do you think? And I said, Wow. You are in a position to be a big fish in a little pond at this university, uh, and you have to make the decision, do you really love it? Because there is a lot of fear right now in this institution, and we, they need somebody who can come in and make change in the way they communicate. They need somebody who can, can make come change in, in a positive in way. In a positive way and and yeah. really feel like you are a leader of positive influence and you have to be that person. And do you have the intestinal fortitude to take that on? What was her reaction? Well, as it turned out, it was also going to involve a cross-country move. So on top of being flattered, it turns out it wasn't quite enough. <laughs> so, uh, uh, But you know what's interesting? That choice of saying, can I, can I step into this and bring that mindset is a really critical piece of the success that I'm seeing today. Oh, tell me more about that. What does that mean? Well, I, I, I think that we have a mindset around figuring out how to solve these problems, and these problems are intractable, and these problems are, if we don't fix them, they're going to cause us to lose market share, and we're going to lose students, and we have to... It's like, it's so much easier to focus on the train wreck I want right. I have I have an, an aside. Are you are you done? I'm going to change I'm going to have an aside. Yeah. All right. So have you gone back to listen to our fantastic interview with the super talented Grant Lickman? No. I know you were there, like you were involved in it. I did not listen but, to it. Okay. Uh so one of the things that I love about that, and of course, Grant's work is in K-12, but what I love about his perspective is exactly what you just said. It's this idea that the institutions that are really making change, we just don't have time to think about those who are going to put their heads down and say, this is impossible, we can't do this. The institutions that are really making change are the institutions that are doing what you just said. They're focusing on what are the things we can own, what are the things we can control, what yep. is true, what is fact. Yep. And let's move forward from there. And, and that's a very powerful it. thing. And I'm telling you, it's happening. Now, what I want is I want to be working with institutions that have that mindset. I am not interested in working with institutions that I have to convince 
uh, it's important to have uh, a, a framework around change is good. Not change for change's sake, but change that will impact our strategy, even if it means we have to do things differently or stop doing some things or think about differences of behavior or talking about some of the brutal facts. We have to do it from a place of not only can we get through this, that this is a very exciting time to be in higher ed. And I'm saying that more and more. And I'm telling you, people need to hear that because there is a, there is a lot of... Uh, there is a lot of energy right now uh, focused on this is a bad time to be in higher ed. There are pro provosts and presidents who are stepping back saying, I'm not sure I want to take this on. It's too risky. Right. Right. And I, I think that in some ways, this is filtering out the people who are up for the challenge. Well, it goes back to my example. If you find you really love it and you're in a position to say, I can well, make some what? change. Love what? Love the idea of making change in this industry, right? In an industry that is otherwise permeated with fear. So, right? so therefore, what do you need to do? What, what, what kind of way do you have to bring yourself to your work to have that kind of mindset? That, to me, is what is the difference between good and great leaders, right? Yeah. The ability to bring a certain mindset to the work. Yeah, I buy that. And and that mindset is, you know. On the surface, leaders who have leaders who have uh, authority positions know what it is to put th put that hat on, right, and stand up in front of a group and sound positive. That's different from really owning it internally and really saying, you know what, I really believe in where we're going. I I I want people around me that are going to share that point of view. I have a vision. I'm willing. To, I'm willing to articulate it. Uh, and I'm going to talk about the things that other people are uncomfortable talking about. That is at the heart of what it means to engage people and have them lean forward and say they want to be part of the, they want to be part of where you're going. And there's not enough of that. Yeah. Too too often people are are careful. There's too much being careful about saying the wrong thing. And who am I going to piss off? And who, who do I want to avoid pissing off? I understand politics, but, I, but I'm telling you that the change needed today, uh, what, what is, is dependent on our willingness to, to transcend, to transcend, transcend what? to transcend the pettiness and the politics and the, yeah. and the, you know, the obvious roadblocks yes. to our success. We know what yes. they are. It's a shared awareness. But I, I worry, and this is one of the things that you've talked about in the past, I, and I think we've talked about at length on the podcast, is uh, this idea of the culture of fear that, that is established, right? This cultural yeah. identity of can't, uh, it, it gets in the way of even those who are trying to plant a seed of optimism and we yeah. can't but, let this. It's not even just at a school or department anymore. It's a whole industry that's terrified. Yeah. I'm working with the provost right now and his counterpart on the cabinet who is uh, sort of oversees much of the administrative side of the house. And they are actively partnering with each other and sharing with their respective teams, their deans and their administrative folks, this is where we're going together. This is why we want to go down this path. This is how it's going to help us as an institution. We know there's a breakdown of trust 
and we're going to tackle this head on. Mm-hmm. This is the kind of project I'm excited to be on. Let me, let me both, go ahead. Well, I'm, you know, I want you to finish that thought, but I want, I, I have a, a, another, uh, I have an experience with uh, working with another consultant in my work, uh, you know, you inside. You work with other consultants? Well, not anymore. Besides you know, I've me? sworn off everybody uh, besides so. you. It's been many, many years, but I, yeah, we, I pretend. read every, a wonderful... Every client wants to believe they're the most important person on the planet. You got to remember that. I this is all hearsay. What I'm about to say is hearsay. I wasn't involved personally. <laughs> okay. I, I had a dream the other night. Let's start with that. Uh, no, this is a testimonial that I uh, was a part of uh, crafting uh, in a long lifetime ago. Um, that that was penned by the president of the institution at the time, uh, talking about a consultant's work on another project. He said, "We got more." than we expected, and definitely more than we deserved. Mm. And the sense that I got from that experience was, oh my goodness, we were a difficult client, and we know that. That was our experience Mm -hmm. inside. Mm -hmm. We made things really hard because we were intransigent. We were difficult to move on issues. We did not, we did not, it took us a long time to understand the value of external experience. And that difficulty became a very real visceral difficulty in working with this consultant. So I, you know, I'm interested in your thoughts being on the other side of this as much as you are. Uh, What makes a great institution? And talk more about those projects that really light you up and and, uh, where and I guess this goes back to where you can best serve uh, and what projects really make sense for you to serve and where you say, no, this is not a good fit for me. Yeah. So that's great. Um, I, I think what's happened for us is because we are having more and more success and we are more and more sort of known as uh, working on change projects, by definition, we are attracting people that want to make change. Sure. In the early days of my consulting, I spent a lot more time focusing on trying to convince people that a change focus, in addition to all the stuff, you're going to put the technology in and you hire this other group to help you, you could really benefit from here. And no, nah, actually, we don't really need help with change. We're fine. And then all these great ERP projects, millions and millions of dollars, they failed. And I'm going to use that term Uh, yeah, you can still pay for your goods and services and you can still purchase goods and services. But for the the most part, uh, we were sold the bill of goods and institutions didn't really understand what it meant to go from their legacy systems to uh, these new systems. And I'll tell you, one of the reasons why I think people have woken up around change is a discipline as important as any other discipline, financial disciplines, HR disciplines, is because we have had failure to get buy-in and getting people acclimated. So, don't you? Is is some of it part of uh, you having to work to change the uh, sort of internalized definition of the word change? Change, I think, had a lot of baggage for a long time. There's a lot of fear around big institutional change, and it, yeah, it's hard and to accept this idea yeah. of if somebody's going to come in and tell us how to change. That's terrifying. Why would I want to do that? Everything's fine. Yeah. <laughs> and that's still true. You know, it depends on where you sit on that scale of of leading the change or being the inheritor of the change, right? I think more institutions understand that we have to have a vision, but then we have to go out there and we have to involve people in what do you think? What do, what is what are your concerns? 
most of the time, as long as we get people to speak their concerns and feel heard, they will go with us. That's the message I give over and over again in my talks and when I start projects, is that we have to find ways to involve a broader constituency so they walk away and say, you know what, I'm not happy with where we're going, but I understand why we're going there. And I really appreciate that somebody took the time to ask me what I think. Wow. Man, if that's all you do, you are going to be 90% of the way there, and 90% of the time, we don't do that. Why, why, that's that's the question. Why, do, why are institutions so terrible at that? Because so much of what you're talking about, when you institute a new change project, it seems to be, here is an opportunity to, uh, you know, what's the thing? It's the, uh, from Seinfeld, it's the airing of the grievances, right? <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> I'll tell you why. Because we are deeply impatient. Oh. And we don't want to, we don't think we should have to uh, get people to express themselves. Because you, uh, because you think there's a sense that if people have a problem, they'll speak up? Uh, I don't even think we think that deeply about it. <laughs> I actually think what we, what we think is we know what's best. We are, we've been charged with this. And... And it, it forces us to stop. I was having this conversation with someone this morning who we're looking to do a project with, and we're going to help them with uh, a strategy. So they're going to develop a strategy for their programs. It's going to start with the executive group. It's going to move to this operational group. Then it's going to go to the whole organization. And when I s provided the uh, statement of work, her, the reaction from her executive group was, do we really need this person to come in and help us? Can't we just, can't oh. we just do this ourselves? Uh, can't we just do it? And, and what I think I provide, uh, my team provides, and if you've got internal people, you position them to provide, is the ability to step back and say, before we get into tactics, let's make sure we understand why we're doing this, what our vision is, and do we really understand the problem we're trying to solve? Those three things require us to take a deep breath, get into a yoga position, and sit there and go, all right, and I'll, what are we talking about here? And, I'm, and here's why we don't do it, because we open that conversation up. Most of us are sitting there going, oh, my God, I don't know why we're doing this. You know what? The problems we're trying to solve here are just the symptoms. They're really not the underlying root cause. Oh, and also, we don't have a vision. The scary right. part is, is if we ask ourselves these questions, we've, we fundamentally discover that we don't have answers. So instead, let's just put a plan together because it's yeah. it's the best idea on the table. Well, and that's what you you know you I'm really hanging in my hat on this can't we just line. I mean, it seems like can't we just is a is an institutional mad lib that always ends in can't we just address the symptom. Right. That yeah. that's really what we're talking about because we and I, I think there's a nuance to the fear that you're talking about that if we start asking the questions, not only do we do we come up with, oh gosh, I may not know what we're talking about, but an even worse fear is I may have had a completely cemented perspective of what the problem was and now I realize I'm wrong. Guess what? You do have a completely cemented perspective. You do not have a broad perspective. 
It's the very nature of being a human being. I have this problem in my organization. Tell me about it. Wait, no. Wait, 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 wait. Did you say that? (laughs) You actually, on my podcast. I know. I I dropped that. You are revealing something. All right, fine. (laughs) Fine. You were saying, sir? I was saying that uh, just the very nature of being close to something and having a point of view we fall into the the idea that we're right. There's no reason to look any further because we've already decided. You know, I think these are some, gosh, so such important points about this idea of uh, getting trapped in um, trapped in perspective, right? This whole idea that we are stuck in in uh, we have a perspective, therefore we believe we're right. I think that goes back to this idea of developing a partnership, whether with an internal or external um, uh, partner, on helping move your big projects forward. And I know we've been we've been talking for a long time. Let's just wrap up. If you could share some reflections on what it takes to build a great relationship uh, between an external party, like someone like yourself, and uh, and an internal you know project team uh, trying to really yeah, do something, take on these audacious projects. So I've had the benefit of having some great partnerships, and I've had the benefit of of actually having some really uh, lousy partnerships, and uh, I can tell you that the. And then there's, there's much in the middle because I think that working with someone from the outside can be tough. But ultimately, the thing that I've seen when it works really well and I've got some great, you know, the last year, I, I've, we've been very fortunate in that we've had some great projects. But it, they were great because the institution or the person that we were working with or the group sort of knew how to use us. And the, the first part is recognizing that if you're going to work with someone from the outside, you have to make it clear on the front end and through the project and at the end that you own the solution. You know, too often, uh, you know, I I think historically consulting is once we get in there, on on some level, we get attached just like others are attached to the work that's happening internally. But the truth is, is that we're a resource to help you get to a better state. And there should be a logical place where our role naturally ends. Uh, and, and recognizing that you own the problem and the solution. And the question then becomes, number two, how do we target using an external partner to help us? They are giving them everything and saying, help us figure out or, or, or sort of do this thing and somehow it'll make everything better. That rarely works. But it does work to say your external view is helpful to us in this way. It's going to help convince our folks that there's other ways of looking at it. You have a way of telling the story that's useful. But ultimately, we don't want you to be front and center on the project. And I'll tell you, I recently had the last year an experience of a group, and I love being in front of groups, and they kept saying to me, you know what, we don't need you to talk right now, or we don't need you to get up in front and summarize it. Let us do it. And, and I'll tell you, that was, that was sort of initially took me back because I'm so used to being asked to somehow make – sort of do everything, that I learned something so invaluable that the kind of great partnerships is when the when the client really takes ownership and they say, you know, here's where we need you and here's where we don't need you. All right, that's two. And I think the third thing is 
always paying attention to where you want to end up. Uh, the truth about organizational projects are we have a concept going in, we then get started. The key is, and I was telling other consultants about this recently when I was doing a workshop for consultants, is that we have to have two things, and I would say this to internal leaders. We have to have a, we have to have a plan, but we have to be willing to be flexible along the way, especially as we move towards completion, that our concept going in might not be what it's going to take for this thing to be exceptionally successful. So being flexible along the way while knowing where you want to end up, the experience that you want for those around you, you need to own that and then use your external resources to help you get there. That to me, in the partnerships I have with internal groups, they are asking me questions about how they can do a better job of of being successful and being seen as leaders as opposed to putting me in front of the room or putting my group in front and somehow the consultants are going to save the day. Yeah, you know, yeah. that's not that's not the model for change and that's the not the model that I'm involved in and 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 I got to tell you it's deeply satisfying to be the, in those projects because it truly is a partnership then. Well, I, you know, I love the way you frame this, and I, I think we can need to keep coming back to this term as a par- of partnership and and not just client consultant relationship because I, I just get the feeling that that is such an antique term. If you're, you know, if you're if you're working without external providers and they're saving the day, and you don't have this, as you say, this this period where it's not where the responsibility shifts, uh, it, that's an antique kind of uh, yes, model. Absolutely. Well put, well put. Uh, let's see. I think that's as good a time, a good a way to any to as any to round up this conversation. It's been a good conversation. Anything else you want to add for the people? No, I think we said it all, Pete. If I say any more, they're going to be like, "All right, enough already. Enough I'm, out I'm of this. Sick of hearing that's, these two guys." <laughs> I don't know how that would ever happen. Yeah, right. That's uh, for your voice. You got. No. You got dulcet oh, tones of Howard no, Tuggle. Don't, don't, Howard, don't, don't, don't say anymore. No, more. I want to hear more. <laughs> hey, you know, uh, for those who really want to hear more, you should head over to Tybal Inc. You can subscribe to the show for free in iTunes or your podcatcher of choice and and make sure you don't miss a single episode. Uh, I also have the show notes, any uh, links and, and uh, supporting uh, resources will be on the website as well uh, in the this episode's link on our blog. And, uh, you know, uh, tweet us. We'd love to hear from you. Head over to at Howard Tybal on Twitter or at Pete Wright. We would love to uh, to uh, hear what you think and hear what you have to say about uh, you know about working with external providers and creating a great environment for change at I'd your be institution. Very interested in that. I, I would love to hear from people around that. That's wonderful. So we will uh, we'll we'll post some uh, some questions and and thoughts on our uh, on our Twitter feed and see if we can uh, start a little conversation there. We'd love to hear more about it. Uh, I think that's it. On behalf of Howard Tybel, I'm Pete Wright. We'll catch you next week on Navigating Change the podcast from Time Link. Mm-hmm.